Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. When I was very much in the throes of my crap, throes of my shit, the throes of my karma, worrying constantly whether or not I was not good enough, I was good enough. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, the idea of what happens next, so the tomorrow, yeah, was really for me what held me back the most. Because you were afraid of the outcome? I think I was so focused outcome? because I think when one makes a choice and uses the mind to do it, we do so by running through potential eventualities of that choice, potential consequences of that choice. Mm-hmm. And so each choice is calculated with regards to what will happen as a result of that choice rather than what the choice itself means. Does yeah. that make sense? I mean, it's it's all fear-driven, right? It almost it's doesn't matter whether exactly. you're using your mind or your feelings. It's what polarity teaches, right? Yeah. If I'm not careful, this bad thing will happen. The shoe will fall. It's good if until I'm not it gets right, bad. I'm, if I'm not right, then I'm wrong. So if I'm in this space of fear, it's pretty much telling me I do not have control over the outcome. So the best I can do is have control over my choices. Yeah. And you're one of those funny ones where you're very similar to my husband, where you guys, it's the lawyer brain. I can, I'm such a risk averse person, which makes me such a good lawyer, <laughs> because I can measure every single consequence that is in front of me based on this one problem. Yeah. And I have to say that held me back. And it's it funny does. because on one it held me it made me paralyzed. It made me not want to act because I could see all the potential consequences and all the fallouts of that action. It's completely paralyzing, isn't it? Yeah. But then at the weird time there was this converse rea- uh, relationship I had with tomorrow. Okay. Where it was also where I put all my hopes and dreams into. Yes. It doesn't work out today. I can't change my life today. But that's all right. There's always tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow. I exactly. It gave me an unlimited amount of do-overs. But yes. the cycle that I was locked in is I was getting a do-over in my head. But I was <laughs> right. acting in the same way, yeah, trying so to control. Like so nothing do-over. was actually changing. Exactly. <laughs> it's like do-over paralysis. Yeah. Like the hamster wheel, just yeah. going over and over. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It's like a diet. You know, you're like, I'll start tomorrow. So today I'm going to eat everything in sight. Well, the next day I'll start tomorrow. So I'm going to eat everything in sight. And it kind of ended up being that situation of I was waiting for all the things I wanted to come or to appear in front of me somehow. Yeah. But I actually wasn't taking any responsibility or accountability for my choices and seeing that I kept repeating the same things and things were not changing. And effectively, I think that I was learning to live for tomorrow because... I didn't feel powerful enough to influence my life today. And who does? We we are born into a world where everything is very future. When you're older, you can do this. When you're this age, you can do that. You know, from the time we're little, we're told that we are powerless creatures. I mean, Liz, we it's have... this double-edged sword because you're told, oh, yeah. wait till you're this age and then you can do this. Yeah. But also you're waiting to die. <laughs> right so <laughs> time stretches out in front of you with the possibility of great stuff but each day that you live is one day closer to death it is. it's this really weird dichotomy it very much is and so we have always we are still perpetuating this and i see it in my kids gen- you know in their generation really it's still the the future you know where are you going to go to university what are you going to study 
And what are you going to do after? And then that's the, oh, if kids don't seem to know or have a sense, then they're going to be losers. They're going to be lost in life. There's still this idea that we still need to be goal-oriented for the future or we're doomed. What I have learned to my very core mm-hmm. is that it's actually not about the result of a choice where we learn. The learning part of anything that happens to us mm-hmm. is in making that choice because that's where we're learning something. When we connect to ourselves and when we listen to what we want to do, mm-hmm. what our heart is telling us to do or what feels good to us or what brings us peace, whatever you want to call it, for each person it's different. In recognizing that, that's the moment of learning. But we have in the past couple of decades, and I don't know exactly when this happened, we stopped leaving room for error. Well, the thing is, I don't think there is such thing as error. If we're not in polarity, there is no black and white. There is no, no good and bad. No, but my point is, is that even that, even that, like, you know, you learn best from your mistakes, mm. even as a parent, suddenly it was like, no, there was no room for error. Mm. Yeah. There was no room for kids to make mistakes. If they fucked up once, that was it. And they had They make one mistake, they're out of their high school, right? Mm. You know, expulsion, there was zero tolerance suddenly became a thing. Yeah. So we moved even farther away from that notion of you get a few chances or you have this perpetual opportunity for growth. Yeah. It was you have to get it right the first time or you're fucked. As we've been working toward avoiding our pain as opposed to actually healing it, we've created a zero-sum game okay. where we cannot seem to give ourselves space to deal with our shit. So all we've done is just project it out. Blame someone else. Absolutely. If I don't have everything that I've been told I need Mm -hmm. in order to be successful, I've also failed. So every choice we've made is in service to something outside of us. Right. We've never, you know, avoiding our pain and waiting for tomorrow Mm -hmm. means effectively we've never had the ability to think, act, or create for ourselves. We haven't had the ability to stop the cycle of pain and judgment and shame. And we just insist in in that way by not taking responsibility and with compassion. We're not able to actually see who we really are. We're all so scared of not making mistakes. Well, that's all we're doing every single moment. Yeah, because we're not listening to ourselves. We're not listening. And And our pain is effectively our way of knowing that something's not right. So if we're in pain and we're not tending to it, then we're getting further away from healing, closer to more pain and inflicting more pain onto onto others. Because it's human nature to be complacent. It's human nature to want the familiar to feel safe, right? Mm. And so anytime there's sort of a trauma, a collective one or a personal one, we always kind of want to run back to our corners. And for everything to be as it was. Right. And so what happens is, and what we saw this year is you don't get to run back to your corner. The moment you do, something else is going to make you turn around and pay attention. What happens on a personal echoes in the collective. Mm -hmm. And I have to say a big part of me not necessarily wanting to get rid of my karma effectively, even (laughs) though I said I did and I really did because I wanted to be happy. Yes. A lot of people are sincere when they say they, they, they want to make the, you know, they make the initial choice of having a session or, you know, doing some work, but then they, they're like, okay. But but frankly, it's so unfamiliar. Wait, what, how the fuck do we operate in a world 
where we can actually be happy. We don't know what that's like. We don't know what it's like to be in our power as a collective. Nope. We we don't know what it's like to live in a way that where we're realizing our desires and where the wiring for joy and love is the one that's being used. Right, that's know. like a movie. <laughs> right, that's we don't like know a that. Piece of fiction. Like many of us now at this stage know what it's like maybe on a personal level, but we can't even imagine it on a collective one. No. Being in the moment, like the concept of like the now moment, being present in oh, your gosh. pain. We'd rather just wait for, <laughs> we'd rather look at tomorrow because then tomorrow might be a relief from the pain. I mean, how many people picked up a drinking habit or furthered and deepened their whatever codependent habit in 2020? Mm-hmm. I mean, consider, and even 2021, because when you're forced to be present in your life because you have no you know, the future is bleak or uncertain. What starts to happen is you're really faced with the present moment. And that present moment can only reflect back to you who you are. Mm. Right? And so as you were saying oh. that... Yes. <laughs> Sit with that one for a second, Raya. <laughs> interesting. I have a question. Yes. Because that's quite interesting. Yeah. If our present, the now moment, is reflecting who we are... Mm-hmm. I oscillate, right? There are times where I'm happier. There are times where I'm scared. There are times where I'm more at peace. There are times where I'm less at peace. Mm-hmm. Does that mean the present moment is changing as I'm changing? It will fluctuate, but maybe not to the same degree as your internal if you have a pretty steady internal internal barometer. Okay. Right? If Did you know this? Not in the way that, I mean, it's if it's not worded there, then no. So, wait, so, wait, so if we're fluctuating... Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So the internal barometer. Sorry. So when you have a steady internal barometer, which we discussed, was it remind me season three or season four when we sort of talked about, you know, you can you can have happiness and you can have bliss and right. It was season season four. four. And so we kind of talked about how you don't your fluctuations cease to be so dramatic. Mm. When you've divested yourself of your fears and your karma and your ego, you know, of course, we have emotions, we're human, but the fluctuations aren't so great. And our ups and downs aren't so great. And you can be happy, like that your baseline, it's all about your baseline, right? If your baseline is at happy, you can maybe drop a little bit below, but generally won't. You can go a little bit above. And as you raise and as you raise... We're here for our growth and evolution. So naturally, we're always going to be here to sort of raise that vibration. But what is now time? Is it just the present moment? It's not just the present moment. It is us in full body consciousness in the present moment. Okay. Right? Fine. So So if I say that I'm in now time, it's not because, oh, here, I'm just, I'm present. Here I am. It's the I am fully present. So my, my body is my mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual or not spiritual? Yes, spiritual as well. So my mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual bodies are in wholeness with one another. Mm-hmm. And we are all in the present moment. So yeah. my mind isn't thinking about something that happened before. Yeah. My emotions aren't or being tomorrow. triggered by something that's happening tomorrow. Or my spiritual body isn't thinking about a past life or whatever else. You know, my physical body, <laughs> I'm feeling into my body. By the so way, your spiritual body would not be doing that, but okay. <laughs> I don't know what my spiritual body would be doing. Um, uh, but like we're, Probably saying, Rhea, pay attention and slow yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, exactly. So if we're all together, like as in every single aspect of my body everything is present yes that is now time 
Exactly. And of course we wouldn't want to be sitting in that moment no. if we were in pain because then we'd have to look at how my mental body, you know, when, when I was in my karma, I'd have to look at how my mental body would be trying to deal with the fear and ego that was running into it. My emotional yes. body would be fucking wounded because it's just like, in you know, it's in so much yes. pain. My spiritual body is like, you know, fractured, wondering what the fuck is going on with the rest of it. And my physical body is just breaking under the stress of it all. So of course I don't want to be whole in my body's in the moment no. I don't want to see feel any of the, the shit show that it is and when we're on our journey on our healing journey whatever you want to call it whole adventure what we're doing is we're healing each one of those bodies so that we can bring them into wholeness yep. and our spiritual body is the one that's telling us you are you it's our connection to div- the divine right yeah. you're not as body, separate as you think you are yeah so yeah. this entire experience that you're having in this moment that is painful that has contributed to your suffering it is not real. Yeah. That's what your spiritual body is always going to try to tell you. Yeah. It's so going to say, course. you can do this. You've got this. Yeah. Wake up. The separation within the society is like, you know, there's so much judgment, there's shame. We get told patience is a virtue. We oh, get yeah. told, you know, you should wait for things or time is yes. going to run out or, yeah. you know. <laughs> Don't wait. Hurry now. <laughs> and you're not, you're impulsive. How, how many times do we get told you're impulsive? You didn't think through the consequences. You didn't, yeah. you know, like separation wasn't allowing us to be totally present in the moment. If you're no longer in separation, you're just making choices that are aligned to you. You've got no fucking idea what's going to happen next. No, but you, you suddenly become okay, right? As you yeah. can, as you can attest to personally yeah. is suddenly it's the something I know is supposed to happen a week from now. I'll get there. It's going to happen. I don't have to worry. But I still find myself like, are you watching me today? I'm still, am I going to go? What's going to happen? You know? It's, it's, it's okay to backslide, especially in 2021 after having experienced 2020, it's kind of difficult to kind of wipe the memory of all that bullshit to allow the fear of uncertainty or the fact that, you know, all these things changed in the blink of an eye to, to sort of wonder, well, then is this the time or is that going to happen again? When we go back and make a choice, or we look at a consequence of a choice. Time is such a factor within that choice oh, that it completely. does render us powerless and stuck, as we said earlier. We have a massively dysfunctional relationship to time. Well, as we were discussing in the last episode of 4.1, we were talking about magic, right? Mm -hmm. Time plays a big factor in our beliefs of what co-creation is. When are we co-creating? When will this happen? How will this happen? It's the when is so key. I feel so key and it's never been up to us in 3D. But is it up to us in 5D? It is, but in a different way because time then and anything that happens in now time is always about what's aligned with fate. But what we're coming to realize, and it's it's a good thing now, like I'm actually kind of glad that we don't even have to share this until now, is that now is all there is. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that because I feel like we really are having to slowly get used to this idea. I think that getting slammed around like, there's no such thing as the future or the past, and it's all now. It's, it's a lot for one to get their head around. But it's also very simple, right? If you think about it, after what the past couple of years, what's happened to us, we can't go back. Therefore, anything that's happened in the past is done. Even on a personal level, we've changed so much with what's happened around us, even if you don't want to believe in anything spiritual. We have fundamentally changed. We were locked up like prisoners. 
sorry, we've changed. It's just the way that it is. Mm-hmm. Because of that, we have no idea what the future will bring. We have no idea. We never did, but we did more in separation because it was all shit, but we don't know, which therefore means there is no past and there is no future. All we have is the now. And if we're making choices from that now, we can ensure that every now moment we have is pleasurable, is happy, or is in alignment with us by making choices in alignment with ourselves. That is all we can do. And that is is why if the now moment is reflecting back who we are, if we keep making those choices in who we are and Mm -hmm. we are at peace because of that, the now moment will reflect back our peace. It will. And also I think what's, what's key to understanding this point and why we had to open with talking about the future and children and what we teach in terms of this is how you live your life. These are all the choices that are going to, going to impact your future. I mean, these are all things that a lot of parents tell their children and we're constantly shoving their futures down their throats to the point it becomes a noose. It does. But understand, and this is something that was stretching my mind a bit because when you really think about it, and by think, I mean really absorb it in your being, our entire notion of our future, when we were younger and thinking about our futures and stuff, was all about our karma. How can I live the less shitty life possible? Okay. It's not actually about who we were or who we are as people, as beings, or our purpose. We had bound up our purpose with, How can I best avoid my karma? How can I best avoid my shit? And now let me design my future in order to do that. So our future planning had everything to do with how can I best ignore my old shit? So consider all the generations living lives and playing out stories over and over and over again that were not at all in accordance with who they were. Because also they think they'd succeeded because they created the future that they wanted for themselves. But actually that future was just running away from the fear they weren't good enough. So do we even know what the future is? Do we really even know what the future means? We Do we? Because the future was really, truly dictated by the past. When we're looking at a world of oneness consciousness or helping to create a world of oneness consciousness. There's no room for that shit. And I guess what's beautiful, maybe, potentially, in that way, (laughs) in that sense, because actually (laughs) trying to, I guess, conjure a future scenario is totally pointless at this stage. If we all have different definitions of what success, love, power, all of it means, is I guess in some ways we really are a blank slate, yeah, we are mostly a blank slate, right? I mean, we, we have memories, except, well, you have a memory. I have no memory anymore. I mean, I have a memory that haunts me, but yes. <laughs> and my Which, by the way, compassion is the only way to get through that. Yeah, I guess the beauty of having a memory like mine is that you're mostly a blank slate every day. <laughs> <laughs> How the hell are we meant to create anything? We don't know what we're creating. But we do. We have hope. And as we defined hope in season one, episode nine, hope is being connected to our true heart's desires. And so we know, right, our souls have the knowledge, right? We get our plan. We know why we're here when we're fully aligned. When we're in the now moment. So we're we're a whole in the present. Exactly. Yeah. And we have higher consciousness. 
So, but, so when we're aligned with our hope, I know who I am. I'm aware of my purpose. I know why I'm here. I may not know exactly how that will come to fruition on this physical realm, but I'm going to do the best I can. And I'm just going to allow it to unfold with every choice I make. Ultimately, and we've, we have said this before, our purpose is to serve. Yeah. We are here to serve the collective. How we do that is really by being our fullest, brightest selves. Really, if you're saying that, that hope is being connected to our true heart's desire, that means hope is being connected to our hearts and acting from that space, mm-hmm. which means making choices from that space. And that is, I guess, where we exercise our power, because by choosing from that space as ourselves, mm. we're bringing it into this world, right? Yeah. Because we're, in, we're that's the one thing we're in control of, as it were, is whether or not we listen to our hearts. And if we choose to do so, we are actively creating our lives. Yeah. And does this that make is, sense? A, yeah, it does. And it's, I, I think that's the one area where we can say that we are in control. Yeah. Because when we talk about this, we really are referring to our higher existence. And higher existence, it speaks to our vibration. So the higher our vibration the less affected we are by our our external circumstances. It isn't intended to sound lofty or elitist. It really has everything to do with our vibration. Where are we in our vibrational scale? There's technically no scale. There's no number. But you know that your vibration is raising and raising the more fearless you are. So then is there there a limit? So when you're totally fearless and have no doubts, is that as high a vibration you can get? No. Your vibration can get higher. And that's really when you're connecting more to your divinity. Okay. Because you can be fearless and egoless and karmaless and still sort of hit a wall if you don't pursue your growth and evolution aggressively, right? You're like, I'm good here. Yeah. Let me just I kind can of see kick myself back. doing that. <laughs> yeah. There are some, they're just like so over it. I get it. And then there are others who are just like, this is, this is me. This is my purpose. This is my sweet spot. I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Right. Mm. Until I'm like air. So when we're making choices from our heart, which is effectively, we're making whole conscious choices. We are in our power, right? And we're using those choices because we've always had choices and we've always been responsible and we've always been in our power. We just exercised it according to our karma But when we're not exercising according to our karma, but we're exercising according to our heart's desires, we will be able to allow for new things to unfold. Mm -hmm. So I guess the power to create that, and I assume we'll be talking more and more about that as the season progresses, really can only come when we've divested ourselves of enough fear, karma and ego, Mm -hmm. because otherwise we won't be clear on what we desire, because we'll be operating from FOMO or insecurity. When you're making choices from fear you are going to see the results of those choices as either a relief from that fear or a perpetuation of it. Once we've gotten rid of, once we're able to start divesting ourselves of our shit, which naturally we do by making these choices in alignment to ourselves, Mm -hmm. we're giving ourselves more and more clarity. Because as you were talking about that zero sum game, we start learning, well, this didn't make me feel right. This, This made me feel at peace this not so much like we're figuring out how to find our wholeness so we are breaking through our fears karma and ego by doing that and it never is about what happens next until we're in a place when we're in our purpose and 
at that point, it's just about following the joy anyway. It's never about what happens next. It's always going to be now will get me what I want, what it is that I desire. And what's next not only doesn't matter, it will merely just be an extension of the now. Basically, because if what we truly desire is to be whole and present, right, being in now time means that we're getting what we desire. So if we're in control of being able, if the only thing we can do is be in control of making a choice, then what we're also doing is we're almost seeing it from a more expanded view. So how do you know if you're in high? How do you know if you're in higher existence or not? Uh, the amount of love, the amount of love that you live in. Okay, and it's not that get higher and higher. Exactly, not that love is quantifiable or measurable, but how in love am I? And for me, love just means what we've been describing this whole episode, which is wholeness in myself in the moment. Exactly. The more of my light I shine, the less fear I experience. And the more of that light I shine, the less shit I'm in. And I guess the more of the light I shine, the less I care about what others think, and I just live my purpose. Precisely. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.